In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today's the first Sunday of Advent, and in the church calendar, today is the new year. Our new year begins every Advent. This first Sunday starts a few weeks before perhaps the rest of the world does New Year. And so for us, it gives us a chance to consider what kind of New Year's resolutions we may want to make. Advent is this period of time set aside in the church calendar that's a little different than Lent. It's not really penitential. Advent is more reflective and meditative, giving us a chance to think about the person we we want to be, the person God made us to be, how we can in the coming year grow closer and closer to God. Now, in order to get there, we need a little bit of church context because the gospel lesson we just heard was a little rough. So if you join me, church history is linear. We have always believed that God created and God will judge and recreate in the future. And we live in this in-between time. We live in this between place where God has not yet recreated and God has not yet judged. But that judgment and that recreation is coming. And that kind of judgment and recreation is sort of what we get in today's gospel lesson. Now, today's gospel lesson is specifically about preparation. And preparation is a great idea in the season of Advent, preparing for what is to come. And of course, I grew up lighting a candle each Sunday around an Advent wreath and preparing for Christmas Day, preparing for the birth of Jesus. And we celebrate this birth and it's wonderful. But that's not the only way we can prepare in the season of Advent. Today in the gospel lesson, we did not get a Jesus is a baby and cute in the manger story. Today in our gospel lesson, we got something a bit more difficult. That kind of judgment rapture moment points to preparation. Jesus is not just simply saying, hey, be prepared for something sweet and nice and cuddly. No, Jesus is saying, be prepared for the judgment that is to come. That preparation is for the judgment. And I imagine that although recreation sounds pretty good, judgment can sound a little bit scary. Judgment is that idea that troubles a lot of people. And I was reminded of that just last week. Last week I had the opportunity, I was in a taxi, and when I travel, especially by myself, I don't often wear my collar because as you can imagine, when people see the collar, they're either scared or they wanna tell me every single thing they've done wrong. <laughs> and so I don't really need to know all that. So I tend to just wear normal clothes, and inevitably, when you're in a small space with a person for at least a few minutes, the question comes up, so what do you do? And I cannot tell a lie. So I say, I'm a priest, and eyes get wide, and the taxi driver looked at me in the mirror and said, so, in your opinion, <laughs> in your opinion, who's really gonna get to go to heaven? And I thought, well, that's a softball question. <laughs> and so although we talked for a while about that kind of idea, you know, his concern was at its root what today's gospel lesson is about, this idea of judgment. The church has always had this idea of a judgment period that comes straight from Jesus. 
And yet that idea of judgment, if we are not careful, can seem a little unfair, can kind of seem fickle, can kind of seem a little too, you know, judgy. And that kind of judgment can set us off kilter, can make us uncomfortable. Yeah, we like the idea of the recreation, but that judgment, that just doesn't sit right. But if we're honest, we can't get to justice without judgment. Judgment is the way that God actually sets things right. We know that life is not quite set right. We know that this world is not quite set right. And I believe that we all hope for God to set everything, to recreate, to reset what it is that is messy and broken and heartbreaking about this world. And to get there, we have to go through this judgment. Let's take a look at today's gospel lesson, see what Jesus says. This gospel lesson is for sure a bit judgy. Jesus says in one of his most serious moods, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the son of man. Dang. But he goes on. Two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. If you needed a reminder, God is not cuddly. God is not really even that warm and friendly. God is God. And I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me comfortable. I don't necessarily need buddy Jesus or a friendly God. I need God. This world can be scary. This world can be hurtful. And God remains God of all. There's a scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that reminds me of this kind of idea of God being God. For those of you who know this story, you know that the children have found their way to Narnia and they are imagining who they will meet along the way and they learn of Aslan. And they learn that Aslan is not a man, but a lion. Now they are startled and sort of downright frightened. Lucy actually says, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And Mrs. Beaver says, well, that you will, dearie, and make no mistake. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. So Lucy says, then he isn't safe? And Mr. Beaver says, safe? Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver is telling you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Today we start a new church year. And we have this period of time we call Advent where we get a chance to think about who God is, who we are, who we want to be, and how we can grow closer to that God who is definitely not safe, but that God who is good. There are so many ways that we can consider who we want to be. Over these next few weeks, as we slide seemingly immediately out of Thanksgiving into Advent, 
We can get caught up in the Christmas rush. I imagine all of us in some way have already started thinking about all the things we need to do and haven't done. If you're like me, we had a moment yesterday where I realized I have to decorate. We haven't done anything. And that can become stressful, buying gifts, preparing for the holidays, making travel plans, and on and on. And Christmas will come and go before we know it if we have no intentionality about our meditation and our preparation. So take this moment before the rush really hits to begin to establish some habits, some patterns that might keep us grounded and rooted in this truth of God's goodness, even when the whole world seems to lose its mind and get too busy. There are ways you can do this. Come tonight, make an Advent wreath, light those candles all the way through this next month. Grab one of our Advent meditation books that are available on all the tables. Start today on December 1st, this first Sunday of Advent, creating a rhythm in which you can remember that God, God is good, that God's judgment leads to justice, and that each one of us will have our wrongs righted in God's time. That yes, God created and God will recreate, but we are here in between. How will we prepare? How will we stay awake? How will we help ourselves to see what God is doing in the world in new ways and inspire us to be new people in this new year? There are ways to do it, and we traveled away with hundreds of others here at St. Michael. So on this first Sunday of Advent, I wish you a happy new year and hopefulness as we prepare for the new creation. Amen.